Welcome to Alchemy Answers episode 40. Thank you for joining us here on YouTube. And um, yeah, we got some great questions from our patrons. If you're wondering how you can ask us questions directly, patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy is the way to go. Um, also, thank you guys, everybody who's watching here on YouTube and also all the people who are listening through the podcast. Um, we have a pretty big listenership on our podcast. If you didn't know, you can listen to all of these episodes, all of our The Journey episodes, and even some of our other content in podcast form. And if you want to see more of stuff transferred to just audio, let us know um, because, yeah, if I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, that that reminder that we do this in podcast form made me want to turn the AC off because I feel like <laughs> podcasting is all about the audio quality being high. So I don't want the to... ASMR. Just talk no, to me, Jenkins. Hello. Ooh. Jenkins Dota here. Whispering. Another Dota 2 video on behalf of Virginity. Yep, right. we promote that. It's uh, abstinence only. Celibacy, all right. <laughs> That's the good stuff. You know, they talk about, you know, getting high on drugs and high on, there's the runner's high if you do running. Celibacy, that is the best possible high. Let me tell you, I'm an expert. <laughs> what, what's it like, Jenkins? I'm not sure. Uh, it's like uh, being on shrooms, acid, and injecting heroin straight into your eye all at the same time. And that's just all because you uh, are abstaining, huh? Just, you got so much pent up. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that you just. Oh yeah, just... ready to burst. You know, <laughs> all ready right. to burst. Well, I'm ready to burst right into our questions, so give me All that right. first one. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Uh, first things first, we have Eddie Mercury, and he says, question and answer. In the Omni video, Jenkins said that you can flex Omni for three or four or five roll. He said five roll. I just misspoke. However, I don't think that he talked about the differences of a five and a three Omni. Could you briefly explain how five Omni is supposed to work? Is he like Ogre Magi and Abaddon uh, or an Abaddon? Also, why can't he be played as four? Seems kind of weird that somebody works well in five and three and can't function in between. Uh, edit is Omni 5 dead after Heavenly Grace cooldown increase. So as a position five, he does play very similar to an Abaddon, but uh, you could also argue that it's like an Ogre. Like it's, I'm not sure if you meant like exclusive or like it's one of those two exclusively because uh, it is it is similar to to both of them like you run and you body and, and you right click people uh, but then you can also heal your carry and it's more like it's it's a hero you pick for the game rather than it's a hero that you pick for the lane a lot of the time you'll want it against a particular offlane that you know that it's gonna just be fine like if you can get it versus a bat rider or something like that that's great. It's a it's a great laner versus a bat rider because you can purge the napalm. But with that being said, it, it's more so when you just want an Omni Knight for the game, you want the Omni Knight for his spells. He doesn't really need items to uh, benefit that much from those spells. Like, let's say if you have a Sven. Most people, when they're picking an Omni, they pick it with with a Sven. Uh, and it's nice to, to have that flexibility 
it's it's like it's kind of flexibility but it's also kind of not flexibility because like you know i am saying that you should pick omni specifically with combos which means that if, you, if an omni comes out you know there's probably going to be like a troll or a sven that's going to come out so th that is a lack of flexibility but then there because of the troll or the sven that means that you can put the omni as a position three if it's going to dumpster the lane or you can also put it as position, position five and the combo is good enough that it's okay uh, it, it basically falls back on the idea that that Team Secret has been kind of propagating for the last six months or, or, or so, maybe even longer, that roles don't really matter in Dota. You just kind of pick what's good in the game and uh, do whatever you can to, to lane in whatever lane you're in. Yeah, I did want to say that one of the main reasons that it's picked more of as either a 3 or a 5 is because it fulfills either the role of being like, the kind of run at you eats up lane space makes the other team have to deal with him he pushes just kind of like takes up a lot of area of the map and it's kind of like this rock that you can't move or he plays kind of like the save role like the abaddon like the you know the oracle who has like a purge and a save sits behind the carry but the four role tends to be the one that facilitates action for the first 15 to 20 minutes oh, right, of the game right. whereas like Omninet doesn't have anything to do that. And, like, you basically want the four world to be able to carry your team in terms of being able to take fights until your offlaner or mid can take over that role for the rest of the game. Right. Um, I would say a similar hero is Batrider Position 5. So, uh, except Batrider Position 5 is usually picked for his laning prowess, and he's flexed to be a 5 because uh, if it's a really bad Batrider game, it's hard to, like, play the hero in, a ga in the game. But as a 5, it doesn't matter if it's hard to play the game because a lot of 5s offer less than a bat will. So essentially, you don't ever see Batrider 4s because Batrider 4s, they can't roam. They don't really have a stun. Like, you have the lasso, but it's a pathetic stun. Whereas you see a lot of 5 rolls that don't have any stuns. You have Warlock, you have Winter Wyvern, who just has the Winner's Curse. Like, you have these 5 rolls. Usually between your 4 and your 5, you want one hero that's, like, pretty good at roaming and one hero that has some stuns or is good at team fighting. And... Uh, a lot of these flex three fives are not good at all at doing the kind of like stunning and ganking thing, uh, and that's and that's where you would you would get that from your from your four roll. Yep. So if you, let's say you, let's say you do pick a you know a batrider four or an omni four, then you're super limited on what your fives have to be because you need somebody that can roam. But then also you need a safe laner that can, can allow them to their, roam. Yeah. Allow them to roam. Yeah. It's, it's like it it, li it limits your draft to have. To have an omni or a bat as a as a four basically yep okay eddie mercury also next says uh how do you harass a solo offlane weaver out of the lane as a warlock without any hard disable without soaking too much xp is it just by a sentry press q auto and pull do you need to burn his mana so he can't w to trade and disengage is it even practical to lane yeah it's totally practical to lane against weaver and sand king and any of these invis heroes the entire battle is just with sentries. Like if you deward their sentries, you'll win the lane. Uh, in fact, Weaver's a really terrible laning hero, so you'll typically be guaranteed to win the lane as long as you have a sentry down against Weaver. You just harass him like a normal, like an uh, it's a normal lane, and uh, you don't care about his invis. And Weaver has really awful stats yeah. in the early game, so he's very easy to very easy to bully. And then his his uh, W is, uh, has got an incredibly long cooldown in the early levels too, so he's super easy to kill. Uh, it's just something you have to punish in the early levels, and if you don't punish it in the early levels, it's going to do really well. It's the same reason why Pango offlane is considered not that great by uh, good
good players because if you're against good players, they're going to punish it really hard before right. it can actually do anything. Yeah, the thing about both Pango and Weaver is that their like level one escape slash last hitting mechanism is super long cooldown, but it gets much much shorter and almost impossible to punish once it gets to like level three in the skill. But if you can basically, if the Weaver uses Shikuchi to secure a last hit, and then that is when you punish him, like you, easily. Yeah, definitely. And then you know he uses three Shikuchis and he's out of mana. Yeah. Um, Warfling is another hero that has a similar issue where. His level one to three is just completely awful. Many morphlings feed in those in those uh, levels in competitive matches because people know to punish it. But as a result, people in competitive have started trialing morphlings, letting morphling get level one solo uh, while the supports roam to the other lane. Like there's all of these strategies that essentially just revolve around giving your morphling early levels. And uh, as a carry, that's okay. But as as an offlaner, you can't really it's very hard to like give that amount of space to your offlaner. It's like, okay, this hero sucks early, but it's a really good Weaver game, so let's give him these levels. Then at that point, it's like, why don't you just have a Weaver as a carry? You know what I mean? Yeah. So as an offlane, that's why like Pango and Weaver are not that great. If they were good at level one, they would be, and that's why Pango is like more of a mid laner these days, or yeah. a kind of a niche pick where it's just really good players picking it. A lot of times, you'll see them flexed to the safe lane and then tri lane aggro tri lane to keep yeah, the that's a away really from them. Is another way to yeah, do it. That's a that's a super good strat as well. Okay, Son of a Mitch says, what makes a good position four player, and what are the current best heroes to be played in the position four? Uh, so I would say position fours need to have a really good understanding of lane matchups and what heroes can actually kill each other in the laning stage. Like, if you're playing, let's say, a Pudge or an Earth Spirit or a Tiny, you need to know that whether or not, like, a Marana is killable if you roam to that lane. Otherwise, you're just going to make a very shitty rotation to the lane. Or, uh, by extension, you could also argue that you should know that maybe Marana's the type of hero that if she gets harassed a little bit early, it doesn't matter if you don't kill her, she just will never come back. Like, you need to know about a lot of heroes to play position four correctly, and the early game matters a lot. Like, you need to know about hero early games and what stops them from hitting their spikes, because that that's your entire job, is to rotate to the lanes and just cause as much chaos as possible. With that being said, also, the same thing can be said about knowing what your what your heroes need. If you have an alchemist, you need to know like, okay, this hero is going to go jungle at this point. This hero is going to need help during at, at this point. Uh, it, it's all about the early game as a position position four. That's essentially what I would say. It's all about the early game and what heroes you want to like facilitate. Yeah, I think that a position five player tends to be. It's all about your positioning within team fights to be able to get off your spells to help your team. And a position four, it's all about your positioning on the map. Um, especially during the early game because if you make like two inefficient rotations because you misjudged a matchup of being able to kill somebody or you just failed because maybe you walked through ward vision because um, you're not respecting like the vision game there's there's so many little intricacies to being able to roam effectively and if you mess up a couple of those and your positioning is just not in the right place at the right time then you can just completely be ineffective for the rest of the game and you also need to recognize when is a good time to get farm for yourself because fours tend to scale towards being cores in today's uh dota games right right so that that's um at at that point your job is a lot of the time to initiate or to be some sort of team fighter slash ganker. It just happens that fours tend to do that. They tend to scale in some way, like Donnie said. Mm -hmm. um, but the like four specific stuff that you need to know is the laning and the matchups because 
that late game stuff is kind of just general Dota shit. It's like, okay, if you're playing Axe, you need to be in this position. If you're playing Witcher Wyvern, you need to do, play this sort of style. That's kind of like knowing uh, knowing heroes, but of course that can be said for for so many um, for so many different uh, heroes and Dota. So you just need to know the hero, how to play it. Okay, so best position fours right now. I think Earthshaker is absolutely amazing. This is a first phase hero if you have somebody who's excellent at it. Uh, let's see. Spiritbreaker is S tier as well. I believe he got nerfed a little bit, but I don't really think that matters. I still think that he's S tier. Still good. Yep. Rubik, still, really good. still pretty good. Rubik is good, yeah. But closer to like A tier, uh, close like A plus S tier if you're really good at Rubik. Rubik's like an incredibly high skill cap hero. Um, I started to see Sand King getting picked as a four during the qualifiers. Do you think that hero is transitioning to be a four now? Like it has yeah, been maybe. a three for a long time. Uh, it it honestly makes a lot of sense because you you want your three to be in really aggressive positions with, um, with farm with items that make them tanky, and uh, a lot of the time that's on the enemy side of the map. But Sand Kings have been typically play uh, been playing in the safe lane, but not also not building boots of travel. It's this like weird situation where Sand King is so good at holding the safe lane that you do it, but you'd kind of rather be killing people. So why not just have a four or five sand king that can hold the lane just as easily with no items while you have some offlaner who's ultra farm killing people on the enemy side like it does it does make a lot of sense uh, he does offer a lot of the same stuff and, th and then you're gonna have like, relatively the same blink timing and then you don't need to worry about being tanky and you can get that blink timing because that's all you have to farm that's your only job is like getting that blink right <clears throat> so heroes let's see Ah, uh, those two are those two are good enough. Just play Spirit Breaker and uh, what's the other King. one I said? Earth, Earthshaker. Earthshaker. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Um, let's see. Is, is, is Tree Protector a sleeper pick? Oh, Shadow Shaman is good. Uh, Tree's more of a five that I'm seeing people play right now. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Crystal Maiden. That's a very trending hero right now on position four. In four. Oh, cool. Yeah, CM is CM is definitely pretty good. All right, that's enough. I only need twenty different heroes to play uh it's just too many to learn uh so bullet ta ta again uh says i know that as a position five farming the odd jungle camp is a bad idea however if all of the lanes are being pushed by cores the position four is jungling apart from dewarding and stacking camps what else can you do for some gold uh honestly dude like i feel like as a position five you should almost never be worried about gold yeah it's really either sure. like it's it's like xp or being in the right place because with how slowly most position fives are going to jungle a camp you can just be in a better position for when a fight starts and get get a, get your team a kill and then all of the gold you would have gotten from jungling five camps he'll get back to you in that team fight from one good uh good you know active Here, position. here's a better thing here's a better thing you can do Buy some extra sentries and go find a ward because it'll give you the same amount of gold and XP as jungling a camp will, and it'll actually benefit your team. Like, I think that, um, as you said in your example, you said like the four is jungling, your team's just playing on your side of the map. Or you can just suicide down lanes if you have lane push. Like, there's no reason not to just create pressure on the yeah, other side of the map. Yeah, that's way better. That is, that is way, way better. If if all of the lanes are being suicided down already, then you should go sit with somebody and fight. Yeah. But if your team is just being morons and nobody wants to fight, then suiciding down lanes is going to make space for them to be morons. Then it's actually okay. Like, yep. you're making it okay what your team is doing, which is very, very good. 
Okay. Uh, four dot says, should Gaben release a, release a fifth spirit? We have Ember, Storm, Earth, and Vengeful. Spirit Breaker doesn't work. We need a fifth. What would the spirit be? Let's see. So we have Storm, we have Earth, and we have Ember. So that's fire. What are the what are the elements? I mean, Morphling is basically a water spirit, you know? I was going to say, like, the, the only thing I can think of is water, but we already have, like, a literally water guy, so that doesn't make any sense. Wind is sometimes, like, not, but wind, storm yeah, but that's, is, like, that's the same like storm. Thing. There's yeah. wind and storms, you know? Um... <sighs> what about, like, a plague spirit or something like that? But Venomancer's kind of a plague spirit. Necrophos. Yeah. yeah. I, I, at that point, we're just kind of talking about themes, you know? We're talking about themes. Like, aren't there other fire-themed people in Dota, like Lena? I get that she's a girl, okay, whoopee-doo, you know, but she's still fire-themed before Ember was around. Right. Lena's just like, hey, what the fuck, just because he's a dude? It's like, oh, he's different. He's the guy fire-theme. Isn't you Leshrac know? technically the tormented spirit? I think that's what he sure. was in Dota yeah. 1. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like... The Octarine um, spirit. <laughs> flesh spirit. Arcane spirit. Yeah, there we you go. Arcane, do we have any arcane That'd be pretty cool. Invoker, I guess. Kind of. It's not a spirit, but... Arcane spirit sounds interesting. How about, how yeah. about like, a... Well, you've got, like, whatever. I don't know. Like a magic spirit sort of situation. I mean, I guess they're all magical, but... Right, but, like, actually just, like, magic-flavored for all their abilities. Yeah, like some pink. Pink, exactly. For some reason, I just immediately went to pink as like the the color that's the missing color. from the spirits. Sure, sure. I think a lot of uh I mean it, it makes sense you have like invoker it's like, "Oh, he's this magic guy. What does he do? Oh, he's got ice and he's got fire and fuck, what are the other things? Arcane, you know." Exactly. After ice and fire, you're just like, oh, arcane. Nobody was like, oh, Invoker, he could have an earth orb. That would be fucking sick. Like, earth spirit feels weirdly out of place, doesn't he? A little bit. It's a a little bit out of place. There's Treant Protector. There's Enchantress. There's uh, Nature's Prophet. There's all these earthy guys. And earth spirit's just like, no, I'm about rocks, but green as well. And don't. (laughs) mistake me for earth shaker even though he's basically the same thing <laughs> you know why isn't he just an arcane spirit yeah isn't earth shaker technically like the earth spirit also like he controls I mean, yeah, all this like so. fissures and yeah that's pretty he's weird a rock guy i mean there's also tiny tiny's yeah. literally a rock like a, <laughs> i'm sure there's a spirit inside of him to make him not a you know to make him a sentient being right all right anyway Eddie Mercury says, Q&A, how do you... Har- I should stop reading that part. How do you harass from trees and not push the wave? Do you use spells or do you walk all the way around uh, the offlaner in auto? Is it worth harassing and pushing the wave as long as you can protect your pole camp from a sentry slash observer block? Um, uh, heard, yeah, sure. I'm- I heard somebody on stream, a, a pro player, I think it was maybe like, it was like a guest calling from like Bulba on the European hub or something like that, where he was saying that like one of the most important things about fives is to not fuck up the creep wave for your, for your carry. So like not pulling the creeps into you via harass. So you have to be very careful about how you manipulate creeps like that by accident. Yeah. It's not an easy thing. It's, uh, it's definitely not something where there's just like a catch all. This is how it works. Like 
if offlaners are good, they'll abuse the fact that they know that they're going to be trading their HP and possibly even their life to get you to fuck up the creep wave. Mm -hmm. Like that, that happens when people are good at the game. Uh, I would say all of the things that you listed are fine. Like you can cast spells, you can walk around and hit them. You can hit them from the trees. There's also a trick where if you right click the enemies from outside of the creep aggro range, you can do one auto attack and it won't aggro them yep. because the uh, the aggro is dictated by like when you like when your hero is like given the auto attack command. That that's how the aggro works. So you'll hit the enemy hero, which will issue a new auto attack command or attack command, I should say, not an auto attack command. Because of auto attack, it'll keep attacking and issue an attack command. Once that attack command is the second attack command is issued, then the creeps will pull. So you can just walk in and out of the range of the creeps and constantly get free harass on people. Uh, it's just it's just a little slow, but if you do that for long enough, you can kill the offlaner. Yeah, and also one benefit of doing that is you'll get some experience. You'll end up getting not completely behind in terms of experience, which can often be extremely beneficial to finding a kill in the next level or two. But you do have to be careful. Like, judge whether you're actually being effective doing that or not. If you can keep right-clicking people and their HP is actually going down, you know, you're against a Weaver, you're against a Pangolier early or something like that who actually is affected by being low, then that's great. But if you're against like an ogre or like an axe or something like that with you know 90 HP regen and their HP is really not going down by your like one attack every two or three seconds, then you should probably right, go do something else. Way. Yeah. Jayori says in the offlane, or as a position four, when should you start dragging creeps from behind the enemy tower and where should you take them? Is there a point where the place that you farm changes? Uh, okay, so it depends. Uh, I would say that if you, it, it it really depends on the situation, but generally when you're ahead, you just want to play the lane because you know you can like zone them and deny them and just destroy them in the lane. So you wouldn't want to pull if, if you feel like you're strong, if, if it's like a 70-30, maybe even a little bit higher where you're you're sure that you're really strong in the lane and that you can own the person that you're, the core that you're against. Uh, there are other situations that can arise, such as like, let's say you're, all your your really low HP and you just like finish kind of diving them and maybe hitting their tower a little bit and then the next wave is about to hit and you don't want it to meet up so you like grab it and then drag it to the hard camp or something like that or you drag it to your tower and just get the XP or you drag it to the shrine and you know shrine up or something like that. That that's fine. Like as long as you have a reason for dragging the wave or for flying the lane, you just want to do things in Dota with intentionality. Uh, so the, the general rule of thumb is if you feel strong, you play the lane. If you feel weak, you just cut the lane. And if you cut the lane, you can, ideally, you would just drag it to like wherever is the best place for you to farm and de deny as much as you can from the enemy team. So sometimes that's just directly into your tower because you don't have the time or space to bring it all the way behind the, uh, the tier one. Um, sometimes you can drag it to a hard camp and they can't really contest you farming that and that's fine. Sometimes you can just be like an axe and you kill the creep wave or you drag it to a medium camp and you kill it. Uh, whatever is gonna, just going to give you, like maximize your farm. And once again, I cannot stress enough the rule of thumb. If you're strong, play the lane. If you aren't sure, cut the fucking wave. <laughs> Nothing to add. It's a good, good synopsis right there. But, uh, you know, creep cutting and creep manipulation is basically the entirety of laning in the offlane right now. So it's not it's not a very simple issue. I feel like pro players sometimes drive behind their own tier three, but sometimes they farm enemy jungle as well. Yeah, it depends. And sometimes you make the wrong call. But if you make the wrong call and you're cutting the wave, it's not it's never going to be suboptimal.
like it, it well i should say it might be suboptimal but barely suboptimal uh, and that's it that's all the questions we have from our patreon supporters cool let's uh let's head over to the chat take a couple questions right, we'll, uh, we'll do a speed round I, i've seen some good questions in here so far actually uh just obviously you know neglecting to answer them uh, for for our patreon boys yeah speaking of which if you want to support us on patreon and get some get some coaching and get some uh replay reviews and Jenkins answers. also sometimes sends out used panties to a lucky random user I do, every I now do. and then generally soiled generally soiled because you can't use those anymore so i i'm not in a position where i can financially afford to just send out uh my good used panties right uh, those are ones that i need to those are ones that i need to wear you're, sometimes even eat if i if i don't have any ramen you're gonna like you're gonna send the ones that have you've like worn like holes in the crotch and stuff like that oh yeah, yeah definitely yeah. you know piss holes and and cum holes and, and such i just got us demonetized for some <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty rough that was uh vulgar <laughs> chat slow chat slowed down a little bit yeah come on guys we need some hype give us some twitch Let's chat go hype. come on get, get your questions in okay twitch so hype. are we doing speed round we'll do like relatively speed round yeah. so uh piyush nirwan i'm so sorry i probably butchered your name i started lane cutting with axe sometimes i was successful sometimes it ruined the game you tell me when it's a good time to cut the lane with axe always i find that dazzle's a counter to that no just run away from him until the poison wears off yep. i see just feel free to interrupt me if you have anything to add no to use way. your battle hunger and run away from him and you should be yeah. fine i see natures and low druids laning and never jungling lately with people frowning on anybody who wants to correct yeah laning is always better than jungling at the moment Best position one caster carries, uh, like Morphling? Luna. Yes. No. <laughs> no. There's not many. Amber Spirit. Carries. Well, yeah, actually. Amber Spirit and Morphling. Yeah. Uh, wow, I didn't mess up for the first time. Nice. Open AI. Play the. Play doesn't play in the traditional five position system as a huge win rate. How do we know the system is better than everyone farming equally? So OpenAI was playing against a bunch of a bunch of like ancient players, uh, and OpenAI was not that good. So the thing is, like, there's a lot to be learned from OpenAI, but to say it's just strictly better is is not is is I don't think is true. Uh, I, I think people took a lot of stuff from OpenAI, but there's stuff that OpenAI did that just like wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also stuff that just doesn't work with humans. Like you need to have literally impossible communication to do certain things that OpenAI did. Yeah. Um, but I think like Team Secret has shown that having certain hero and VP has done this for a long time. Having certain heroes farming at different times and taking the different positions is correct. Yeah, and, flexing and your is, four to is, three, getting a, a couple extra items on your five is super valuable. That is what literally every team does now, including tier two teams. Like tier two teams are good enough that there's no true position one, there's no true position two, there's no true position three. Like every tier two team plays plays like that because we've all watched secret play mm -hmm. and are copying them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Difference between SEA server meta and EU region meta. I no have idea. no idea. I don't play in either of those regions. If you're position one, when do you leave your lane if you're getting total free farm? Uh, the moment it gets dangerous, basically. Uh, and also, you can just make a rotation to like, get a tower. You, you should always leave pretty early. Free farm doesn't matter. If you're position one, like you should be able to free farm anywhere. Yeah, against good people who are playing fast, probably like around nighttime 
and uh, yeah, maybe in, in lower level pubs as soon as they start rotating your lane. Depends on your hero too. Some heroes are really hard to kill, like Life Stealer and Jug, and they just won't gank you. Yeah, but if you're some random like easy like Luna or something, you're gonna get ultra punished. Best way to get XP as an XP hungry five uh, kills pulls. And taking a lane from a core that wants to go jungle or roam. Yep. Is magic pushing, pushing out waves if your teammate teammates aren't. True. Way. True. As a bat rider, what should you do against a tri lane that has high kill potential? Cut the wave and double up the wave and die for it. I don't care. As long as you're farming against a tri lane, you're winning. Is magic build Luna up and coming? Yes. What do you think the purpose of bot matchmaking and potential uses of time during rather than running down mid in one? I'm confused. Bot not sure. matchmate. Not sure. Is that is that where? Are you people... talking about like boosting by getting pretty, your boss from sure... mid? I don't know. I'm pretty sure bots or bot matchmaking is like the Zyori queued into that once where I saw there's enemy team feeding down mid, like farming items or something like that, or feeding somebody on the the uh, enemy team feeding MMR to like sell an account something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Top three tips to communicate with stubborn teammates. Uh, number one, just be nice, even if they're being a dick, because you don't want to make it worse. Number two, maybe don't. And number three, use the mute feature. Keep it simple would be the only thing that I would say. Keep your communication yeah, that's, extremely that's simple. Yeah. Do you see a more 212 lane setup with the nerfs to stout shields? I'm seeing a lot of people play heroes that lane now, like Bristle and Enchantress. I'm seeing that a lot, and tonight I am definitely going to play some Enchantress. That's my favorite hero. Nice. My second favorite hero. Wondering if coaching is an advisable way to make a better player out of yourself, out of myself. Been getting a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff watching your videos. Thank you. Uh, but I feel I don't feel like I'm wholly improving. Uh, I think coaching is a good way. I can say that. I personally have done a good amount of coaching and I've had the large, unless I'm forgetting, I've had the large majority of people like Im improve in MMR. I don't know yep. for other people, but I've, I would assume like when Henry or when you coach people, like they come back to you and they say, yeah, it's been my experience too. Just this, has, this has been good. Almost everybody that I've coached has gained quite a bit of MMR. And I was just going to say, I mean, you recently have gone on sort of a spree of getting coached by like high MMR players and I would say that you probably are feeling more comfortable with your game than you ever have. Yeah, no, I'm I'm like 7.1k MMR right now, which is which is the highest I've been in like 4 years or something. So, it's uh and and it's just I I've just been yeah, like you said, I've just been getting coached. New Sham's been helping me a lot. Sammy Boy, CCNC coached me a little bit. I've, I've literally just been asking people, like, hey, yeah, we've I mean, known each other for a while. Do you want to do me a favor and just coach your boy? And it helps. It helps a lot is, for me. Dota has, there's just so much information that you're never going to be able to get all the information just for yourself. And so having another set of eyes, another brain that is as good as you or better is always going to be pretty beneficial I actually your outlook. Just, I just heard like a crazy concept from a pro player that uh, I can't I can't spill the beans on, you know, because it's uh, TI is coming up, but it's like mind blowing the shit that people are coming up with, like <laughs> changing the way that that people think about the game and how and how you're supposed to play, like con conceptually. And I'm sure some of the better teams are doing even crazier shit. 
Speaking of coaching, can I get a link to Jenkins coaching app? Let me tell you, I'm very close to being to being ready to beta test that with my boy Donnie here with D2 Bowie and with Henry. We'll get them on there. We'll put them in the video link. Uh, I need a designer. I need designs. Uh, this, this site is really ugly and I feel bad about launching something that's really ugly. So if anybody's a big uh, designer out there, uh, hit up your boy and I'll give you like, I don't know hundred bucks or something. It's not that much. It's literally just one screen. It's just one very simple screen with like a calendar on it. That's basically it. Yeah. There you go. Self-promotion. <laughs> hey, do it, man. It's your channel. It's true. This is my channel. This isn't game leap. This isn't Pugna. This is why I, no, I'm just kidding. Well, it's true, but I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm also serious. It's also true. We're not, we're not selling you guys anything. We just give you fucking free content and it's great. We love it. Actually, I need to, this coaching site is going to make me, it's going to lose me money actually, technically speaking until I can get something set up to, to monetize it. But, uh, Hey man, as long as people are using it, you know, that's all I care about. That's all that really matters. Um, all right, I'm going to take one last question from chat. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Okay, here we go. I like this one. Richard Joyce, in a matchup where one player on each team is well above their teammate's MMR, uh, is a matchup with an above-team MMR mid versus an above-team MMR support even? So basically, if those two high MMR players are playing completely different roles, which team has I think the so. advantage? I think I actually think it's relatively even. Um, I just played a match against Husky, who's my position five and captain for my current Dota team. And uh, we had a last pick Meepo as like our highest rated player, and he was their highest rated player. And he sentry blocked every single fucking camp that we had. Literally every camp. And our Meepo couldn't farm and got completely devastated. So in my opinion, if you just can't win with position five, it's because you're not doing the right things. There's yep. shit that you can do that you're not. Uh, it, it, it's all. I always hear the excuse. People are like, "Oh, I can't climb with supporting," and then you watch the replay, and they're not warding. Yeah. <laughs> or they buy two sentries in twenty minutes, and it's like, "Well, you look at all the top supports, man, and they're buying twenty sentries." So, like, you're not doing something right. It's very. You're not doing one of the most game-winning things uh, on support. Yeah. And if you're not doing one of the most game-winning things, how do you expect to win games? If if that's one of the biggest impacts that you can have, you're not taking it. Yeah, I do think it is pretty cool, actually, how even in those scenarios, I was going to say, because you a lot of times queue into these games where it's like you're rank 190 and then you have like three, a thousand and like one 600 player on your team. Ugh. And those ones, it's like it's literally you are you are just by default the captain of this team because you just you're like what? A thousand fifteen hundred MMR higher than the yeah. teammates that you're playing with. It's so stressful. <laughs> so seriously stressful. Because yeah. you, they expect so much from you because, like, the enemy guy who's high-rated is going to be telling them stuff and owning and doing all of these things. It's like, oh, I just want to play a relaxing game of Enigma and just sit in my jungle and farm <laughs> until I win the game with Black Hole. Yeah. You know? I mean, dude, and that's the that's the truth of it right there. This is the last piece of truth from this stream, which is that if you truly believe that you are much better than your MMR and your team that you're playing with, then you need to be leading your team to victory. And if you're not doing that, then I don't know what to tell you. I dodged those games. I I, <laughs> I, I only queue when I see other people queuing. 
Yeah, it's a good strategy. But with that being said, when I do get those games, I don't go mid or something. I play offline, which is my role, because I'm I'm way more confident being able to control the game. I just pick heroes that can control the game. Yep. Totally. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. As always, thanks to our patrons for the support and the questions. Thank you to chat for filling the time with some more questions. And uh, we'll see you guys later.